1: you are the strength of our heart and our portion forever. So Lord, show us this morning as we open your word, just part of that great portion that you have for us, in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you turn now in your Bibles to Ruth chapter 2, Ruth chapter 2 and verse, we're going to be uh, look again here at uh, these wonderful characters that God has preserved for us so that we can benefit from their lives and and what they learned about God. So, Ruth chapter 2, and verse 4. Okay. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem, and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them." Have not I charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath been fully showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and thou, how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. The Lord recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Now, in our last study, remember, when we're going and we're looking here at Ruth, we saw that, that, that how this time here, when, when Boaz comes and, and he addresses Ruth with the most comforting words that Ruth could ever have heard in her situation, when, when it says in verse eight, then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean another's field, go from hence, and abide here fast by my maidens. When we look at this scene in verse eight of Ruth in, in Israel, we've just got to remember, this is a Ruth who is in Israel as a Moabite woman. And she's trying to find food. And what we see here in Ruth is she's in the most vulnerable situation of being among the Jewish people, being a foreigner, not just any foreigner, but a Moabite, which makes her an enemy of the Jewish people. And when we look at this scene in verse eight, we, we see Ruth in Israel, a Moabite woman, out alone trying to find food and and finding that she is being despised and rejected of men. There in verse eight, when we see Ruth here in Israel as a Moabite woman out there all alone trying to find food, instead of finding herself as a woman of sorrows and acquainted with grief, she just lost her husband. She'd gone through the grief of losing her husband. And there she is in Israel as a Moabite woman out alone trying to find food and what she sees people doing to her and hiding as it were their faces from her pretending she doesn't exist and so in verse 8 with ruth there in israel as a Moabite woman out there all alone trying to find food for herself she's just understanding what it was what it will be like for the lord jesus christ who's described with these very words in isaiah 53 3 the Lord Jesus, despised, rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were, our faces from him. So when it was time for Ruth to speak with the landowner, uh, that landowner here, here comes Boaz, very important person. I mean, Boaz, she thought he's got every reason to reject me. she's got every reason to fear the worst. She's instead. Boaz meets Ruth with the most comforting words that she's ever heard. Instead of hearing from Boaz that, look, I despise you, I reject you. And instead of hearing that, she hears verse eight. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, hearest thou not my daughter? I mean, instead of hearing, she's she's despised, she's rejected. He calls her my daughter. Ruth is expecting to hear words like, you horrible Moabite, get off my land. That's what she was expecting. And she's bracing herself to hear from Boaz what she's been feeling from all the other people since she's been around there. But instead of hearing those words of being despised and rejected, she can't believe her ears. When he, she hears him call his daughter, my daughter, I mean, Boaz could see in Ruth's face how she was expecting to be uh, you know, despised, rejected. He says, my daughter. I mean, therefore, with these three words, With these three words, Boaz really puts an emphasis on the my daughter when he says, hearest thou not? You know, those those three words, just before, my daughter. Hearest thou not, my daughter? You know, Boaz was saying to Ruth, Ruth, are you listening? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because I'm calling you my daughter. Did you hear that? I'm calling you my daughter. I'm calling you my daughter. Are you hearing it, Ruth? Are you hearing it when I call you my daughter? She's so surprised. She's so surprised to hear Boaz call my daughter. Totally unexpected for Ruth. We look at this scene here in verse eight. Ruth in Israel Israel there, the Moabite woman, she's out alone, she's very vulnerable trying to find food. And instead she finds the most comforting welcome of Boaz. We see ourselves in Ruth. We look at this and we see, I identify with Ruth. Color me Ruth, that's me in that picture. Because we know from our own experience, what it's like to be separated from God by our own sins. Exactly like it says in Isaiah 59.2. Isaiah 59.2 where it says, your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you and he will not hear. That's all because of us. It was our sins. It was our iniquities that did that separation. And we know from our own experience what it's like to be separated from God. We know from our own experience what it's like to feel defiled, what it's like to feel stained with sin. And we remember when we were the outcast, like Ruth the Moabite in Israel, we were the outcast from God. We remember very clearly our personal BC days. We remember our before Christ days. Before Christ days, and and we should never forget those days. Should never forget those days. We, we, Paul says, Don't you forget those. He emphasizes that in Ephesians 2:11 through 12. In Ephesians 2.11, he starts off by saying, Wherefore, remember. He wants us to remember, remember that ye being in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called the uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision of the flesh, made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. See, we're told, remember those days. Remember our own personal, what the Bible calls in this passage here, time past Gentiles in the flesh. Time past. And then Paul goes through a specific list. He takes the trouble. He doesn't just sort of broad brush. says, oh, you remember where you were. No, no, he says, he says, I want you, when you remember that, you remember specific things about your before Christ days and, and time past. And the time past, you were. And then he starts off. He says, you remember first and foremost how you were without Christ. That's the first thing he calls us to remember on. You were without Christ. Those were days when we were 100% on our own. Those were days when we would never say, God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those are days when we would say, I'm the strength of my heart and I'm my portion forever. Those were days when we were without Christ. Without Christ, without Christ for what? Without Christ to save us from our sins In the world, we are to remember those days when we were in the world without God to turn to for forgiveness and healing. Forgiveness and healing. Where do you go for forgiveness? Where do you go for healing? God says in Psalm 103.3, Psalm 103.3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities and healeth all thy diseases. Within, in, to be in the world, to remember this, we were in the world. There was a time we were in the world, we were without God to turn to for healing a broken heart. Where do you get a broken heart healed except in God? And God says in Psalm 147 3, He healeth the broken in heart. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. We're to remember when we were in the world without God to turn to for peace. When we're disturbed, deeply disturbed inside, where do you find peace? But God, but, but we were in the world, there was a day we were in the world without God and we didn't have God to turn to for peace and when we were disturbed. As it says in Numbers six twenty six, the Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. That's what God does. Philippians 4, seven Philippians 4.7, the peace of God, which passes understanding, you can't figure it out, which passes understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We're going to remember the days when we were in the world without God to turn to for rest when we're troubled. Where do you go for Rest when you're troubled in the soul. As he said in Matthew 11, 28, Matthew 11, 28 and 29, come unto me, I will give you, all you that labor and have you laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your soul. Where do you turn to without God for rest for the soul? When there was a time when we were in the world and we're to remember that, we were in the world without God, to turn to for loneliness, loneliness. Where do you turn to without God when you don't have anybody and you feel lonely in your soul? But God says in Psalm seventy three twenty three. nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. In the world, we're to remember when we were in the world without God to turn to for comfort, Without God, there is no comfort. But Second Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforteth us in all our tribulation. Those were terrible days when we were without God in the world. Without God in the world in the world without God to turn to for instruction, for teaching, for guidance, for direction in life, for leading in life, for protection in life, for help in life, for strength in life, for when we're afraid of death, when we're afraid of what happens after death, for being cared for in life, for for having God as our Father in life, for finding forgiveness and healing and healing for a broken heart, and peace when we're disturbed, and rest when we're troubled, and loneliness and comfort, and we could go on and on with the list. But it's what it means to have none of that to be in the world without God. And we—and God says, don't you ever forget that. Because only as we remember those days will we be prepared to help the lost who are now without God in the world. But Ruth didn't find from Boaz what she expected. You know, she was expecting to be turned away from Boaz, but instead, Ruth found this wonderful welcome. And, 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 and when he called her my daughter, we see ourselves surprised when, when God welcomes us with arms wide open. We remember our days past, we've been talking about. We remember how we came to God saying, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, which is the phrase that Jacob used when he came to God in Genesis 32.10. Genesis 32.10. He said, I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies. Forget about the biggest ones, but I'm not even worthy of the least of them. And of all the truth which thou hast shown to thy servant. This is what the centurion said when he came to the Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 8.8. 8. Matthew 8.8, 8. it says the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only, my servant will be healed. This is what John the Baptist said. John the Baptist said in John 1, 27. He it is who coming after me is preferred before me, whose shoe assets I am not worthy to unloose. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. It's what the prodigal son said when he was rehearsing before he returned to the father and the words that he did say when he did return to the father in Luke 15, 21. Luke 15, 21, it says, and the son said unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. See, like Ruth, God showed this unexpected grace to Boaz called her my daughter. We have been shown unexpected grace when it says, as we said in Psalm three three, he forgives all thine iniquities, that's grace. Isaiah 1.118, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's grace. John 1.12, as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. That's grace. See, 1 Peter 1, 1.4, 1 Peter 1, 1.4, we are coming to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. That's grace. John 14, two through three, John 14, two through three. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again, receive you unto myself. Where I am, there you may be also. That's grace, that's grace. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him, reign with him, that's grace. Who expects this? Unexpected. And Ruth did not expect what Boaz did for her. And we did not expect what God did for us. And that reminds me, it reminds me one Sunday, I came to the church, it had been a rough, rough week. It was really a rough week. I don't know what it was. It was so rough, I forgot. But it was rough. <laughs> and an elderly Christian woman was standing at the back of the church there to greet me. And I saw her raise her hand to my cheek, and I winced, I was expecting to get slapped across the face. It was that kind of a week. And instead, she gently touched my cheek (laughs) to comfort me. People don't do that to me. But anyway, she did. That's how God treats us. God treats us that we expect the slap, God gives the pat. There's one word to describe what Boaz did for Ruth. And that word is the word that Naomi used to describe what Boaz did for Ruth. And you can see it there. You look down at verse 20, Ruth 2.20. There were and Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. Naomi said unto her, The man is near to Okay. Kindness, Chesed, kindness, chesed means mercy, kindness, loving kindness. The picture of this kindness, this chesed kindness, is in Proverbs 17:17. 17, 17. Proverbs 17:17. 17, 17. A friend loveth at all times brother is born for adversity see when we take a look here and we see boaz showing kindness to ruth it reminds us of something reminds us of way on back there in the land of moab when they were on her turf in her land and how ruth showed kindness to naomi have you ever thought of that famous passage in the first chapter of this book as a statement of kindness when it says in Ruth 1.16, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. Where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. Thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord, you said so to me, more also fought but death, part thee and me. That's kindness. That was kindness of Ruth to Naomi. When Naomi was the despised foreigner and when Naomi was the rejected Jewess in Moab, then Ruth showed her kindness when she said those words, when she said, I won't leave you Naomi, I'm going to go with you Naomi, I'm going to live with you Naomi, I'm going to be part of your people Naomi, I'm going to take your God Naomi, I'm going to be buried where you're buried Naomi, kindness, 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 that's kindness that Ruth was showing to Naomi, kindness, that was Ruth showing kindness to Naomi, Boaz knew that, Boaz knew that Ruth had shown that kindness to Naomi and that became why Boaz showed kindness to Ruth because he had seen how Ruth had shown kindness to Naomi. That's what he meant when he said, it's been fully showed me what you did to your mother-in-law. That's illustrating for us a principle that King David described of how God shows mercy. It's just like Boaz in Psalm 18, 25 through 26 with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With an upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With a pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. With a froward, thou wilt show thyself froward. With the merciful, Ruth, Boaz showed mercy. That's repeated by the Lord Jesus Christ in the Sermon on the Mountains, Matthew 5, 7, Matthew 5, 7, blessed are the merciful, they shall obtain mercy. Ruth was merciful to Naomi, Ruth obtained mercy. Whenever I think about how Ruth showed mercy to Naomi and then Boaz in turn showed mercy to Ruth, I think about that time when our family had just arrived by plane in Milan at Linate Airport. And it was in wintertime. And it was, I, I told you this before, I don't know. It was, it was winter, it was dark. And as the plane was coming down to land there, there was such a thick fog. I thought, it looks like we're diving into an ocean. Couldn't see anything. The city was hidden under the fog. The the city was completely socked in with fog. It was engulfing the city. And we rented a car there and we had to find the Jolly Hotel in Milano Due. And so, and I thought I was so clever. I was so proud of myself at how much money we had saved by this rental car because I didn't even know what it was, but I rented a Fiat 500. (laughs) And in the 1980s, it's about half the size of the Fiat 500 today. So when they brought the car out, My wife and two boys and I, we stood with all of our luggage in total disbelief. And they brought this car. You know, I didn't know how they could make a car so small. And so I said, we'll pile in, you know. So they they all piled into the car. The boys sat on their luggage in the back seat, you know. There was no other place, you know. And we started off in this complete fog, having no idea where we were and how we were going to find the Jolly Hotel in Milano Dewey. Because there's another jolly hotel in, in Milan also, you know, as if, anyway. And I, you couldn't even see the line on the street. It was that foggy. And it was like being on one of those rides in Disneyland, you know, where you kind of go in and it's all dark. And all of a sudden, you turn, things appear, you know. And, and that's the way it was. And we were surprised every time the headlights would show something. And so I started off driving, you know, the lights shine. And all of a sudden, there's this, it's like I say, this Disneyland ride. And so all of a sudden, there's this lady. She's going like this. It reminded me of Disneyland light, You know, it says, stop. And so she's standing right in front of the car. She's begging us to stop so she could get a ride. <laughs> she needed to get home already. It's dark, you know, it's, it's foggy. What are you going to do? So, you know, the, the, the family, they looked at me and I said, well, of course, we're going to stop. <laughs> you know? So we stopped. And the lady looks at the little car and I said, you know, it's all motion with my hands. all we got, but get in if you want. And so stopped the car. Family thought I was out of my mind. And I met the lady in. She climbs on top of the luggage with the boys. (laughs) The boys are like smashed on either side. She was rather a large lady. And uh, she sat right in the middle, you know, and and there wasn't even room for me to shift the car, you know, because there were legs and all these things in the way. And she spoke Italian and we didn't. And so, but, you know, we kept getting it, you know, turn right, turn left, you know, this way, that way, you know, and other things that she would say. And then finally she said, stop. And so we stopped, We reached her house and I let her out and she got out of the car. And, you know, then the family looks at me like, well, Christopher Columbus, where are we gonna go now? You know, so, <laughs> so, so, so we got out and says, okay, goodbye. She lived right next door to the Jolly Hotel. It was unbelievable. I look up and I thought, <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> it's a, a lot of miracles happen in Italy. But the point is, is that I showed mercy to this old lady and the Lord showed mercy to me.
0: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher Tom Cantor in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.